0: compass media networks this is america's first news this weekend with your host gordon deal too much sugar i'm gordon deal here's what's coming up this hour added sugars sneak into our snacks drinks and meals as you probably know potentially leading to obesity here ways to cut down on it also business owners in kansas city love the romance between taylor swift and chiefs tight end travis kelsey we'll have examples Plus, on the travel front, why now is the time to book your next cruise and sharpshooters targeting deer at
1: a popular park in Washington, D.C. The deer population, and this is true in, I think, a bunch of places in America, but particularly in the D.C. area, there is a huge overabundance of deer, and this is a problem because uh, these deer eat everything, uh, including Uh, the young trees in this park that the National Park Service is trying to protect.
0: Andrew Durin at the Wall Street Journal on the latest secret government mission. Well, one of the best strategies for good health in the new year is reducing the amount of sugar you eat. It can be sneaky in how it slips into our meals. So, here are some strategies to cut down from reporter Andrea Peterson at the Wall Street Journal. Andrea, help us out.
2: There is a growing concern among public health officials and actually governments as well uh, about the amount of sugar that Americans eat. You know, the U.S. guidelines recommend that Americans limit their consumption of added sugars to 10% of daily calories. The American Heart Association recommends a limit of only 6% of calories. But even while sugar, overall sugar consumption has decreased in recent years, Americans still get on average about 13% of their day, daily calories from added sugars. And there's a distinction between added sugars, and, which are basically the stuff that's found in processed foods, things like sodas, cereals, yogurt, candy, and also honey and table sugar itself. And, also, and, and sugar that's contained in foods naturally, things like fruit and dairy products. And nutrition researchers are really focused on these added sugars because the f- things like fruits and dairy products, um, you know, these also contain things that people need, nutrients, fiber, stuff like that. And most Americans aren't uh, eating enough of those foods anyway. So that's really why there's this focus on added sugar. And You know, it's really interesting. There's a lot of activity lately. The Food and Drug Administration recently had a big um, uh, sort of meeting about how their strategies and how to encourage people to reduce the amount of added sugars in their diet. Several governments have put taxes on uh, sugar-sweetened beverages. There's other countries that have actually warning labels when foods, on foods that are high in added sugars. So there's definitely sort of a, an overall effort, uh, among governments and other sort of public health entities to encourage people to reduce the amount of added sugars in their diet. And Mm. the reason why is that there's just kind of a growing body of research showing a link between diets, high in added sugars and negative health effects. Um, you know, everything, particularly things like obesity and type 2 diabetes.
0: Man, we're speaking with Andrea Peterson, health reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Her piece is gold. You're Probably Still Eating Too Much Sugar. All right, so you pointed out some strategies for reducing the amount of that added sugar intake. What can we do?
2: Right. Well, first of all, I mean, the one easy thing to do is look at the label on products that you're going to buy. Now the Food and Drug Administration now requires food manufacturers to list actually the amount of added sugars in products on a separate line on the nutrition label. And so that is and, and but and it's usually written in sort of grams and then also a percentage of the daily recommended limit. Um, but one researcher I talked to had a really great, because I, I think a lot for a lot of people like X grams of sugar doesn't necessarily mean anything, yeah, exactly. but what she does is she visualizes the amount of sugar in actual teaspoons of sugar. And so the general rule of thumb is that four grams of sugar equals about a teaspoon. So if you're going to pick out a yogurt that has 16 grams of added sugars, that's four teaspoons of sugar. And this Dr. Kenny, this researcher at, um, who told me about this, she said that, you know, she asked herself, like, would you add that much sugar to something you're going to make yourself add that four (laughs) teaspoons of sugar? And, you know, often the, the answer is no, you wouldn't. So, so that is something that I think helps can help people, uh, you know, really be able to understand how much, how much sugar they they might be potentially consuming
3: yeah
4: I like and
2: that. the thing is and there's and there's different you know different brands have different amounts of added sugars and so you can you can really um, kind of if you look at the label visualize it in teaspoons it can help you make swaps
0: is there is there any sort of effort from regulators or the government or whoever to actually force companies to reduce the amount of added sugars
2: now, it's interesting, New York City actually has some sort of voluntary uh, guidelines um, for manufacturers that they've unveiled, um, but, you know, in the U.S., that's I think, is, is and there's, there's some, the FDA is um, proposing some limits on the amount of added sugars in school, available in school lunches, so those are some ways that, um, that are being proposed so far, but, other countries actually are, are much more, um, in the vanguard of this. Uh, there's, you know, with these sort of warning labels with, you know, and and because a lot of countries don't want those warning labels on their products that, that has led to a lot of, um, particularly in Latin America is where these warning labels are, are cropping up and companies are reformulating some of their products.
0: Thanks, Andrea. Andrea Peterson, reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Coming up next, the pornography controversy at a Midwest university. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com welcome to now that's dell.com welcome to now thanks for spending part of your weekend here the chancellor at the university of wisconsin lacrosse has been fired as you might know after it was discovered that he made sexually explicit videos with his wife joe Gao told the new york times he and his wife had made pornographic videos for years and recently released them more widely on porn websites. More from career expert Julie Bauke, known as Julie on the job. Julie, your take.
4: Ah, uh, you know the emoji where she where they're like doing a face palm? That's that was me when I heard this. <laughs> you now I think I think this is an this is another example, again, not unexpected, of that line between how we see our work lives and how we see the rest of our lives as being two separate paths are two separate worlds they're not and technology makes it this way and you know years ago before we had access to everything at our fingertips you could have gotten away with this you know, making homemade <laughs> homemade videos yeah but now that we've seen teachers get fired for having only fans accounts right, right because right. there's uh, somebody found it now what were you doing there but He's trying to, what he's saying is, this is free speech. It isn't. Um, It's just, he's made a decision to, they made a decision to take their videos public. And of course, when that happens, eventually you will be found out. And if he's the chancellor of a branch campus, and he's not smart enough to know that before he did that, then he's probably in the wrong job anyway. But, you know, make the decision live with consequences. It's just it's just where we are and where we'll always be as we figure all this out. And this is going to be more of a problem moving forward because more young people do have um, you know do have uh, do things like that. And maybe when they're the ones making the hiring decisions and the firing decisions, it'll be so normal, like having tattoos that Nobody will hold it against you. But that's not where we are. This guy is, you know, a boomer. And first of all, nobody wants to see that. Second of all, I guess they do.
3: So
4: Uh, it's just me. But he's trying to say that he and his wife are performing a public service, for heaven's sake, uh, by educating people. And they do cooking shows with other porn stars. And so they're very, you know, they are, this is how they want to live their life, which is fine. But you've got to... You've got to know that there are consequences with that, and you've got to be willing to deal with the consequences. You,
0: you brought up, uh, I, I think, a point that made me think of this. Uh, we're speaking with Julie Bauke, career strategist known as Julie on the job, and we're talking about the University of Wisconsin lacrosse chancellor who was fired after they found he had made pornographic videos with his wife and then made them public. Um, so, so what about, let's say, the college student who has taken to OnlyFans to raise money to pay for school. And that comes yeah. up, uh, I don't know, at the age of t- 24, where you're, you know, you're trying to get that first job.
4: You know, it's it's you have to if you are going to have. Um, let's just take an example that would be very relevant today, a face tattoo um, or if you're going to have something that is considered out of the mainstream, you have to look at this and say, OK, older people, Gen X and boomers are still making the decisions. So when that person who at 17, the only way he or she could figure out how to get their education paid for was to have an OnlyFans account. And they did that, they went through college. Now they're looking for a professional job. I do think that our attitudes are going to change about that. And you're going to, the person interviewing you is gonna be more like, oh yeah, I did that too. So it is going to become more acceptable as the the generations of the decision makers change. But I tell everybody, look, if you got, let's say you got fired from a job and let's say you got fired for, um, you did something that is in the public, in the public domain. And everybody who Googles you can find out something you did. I actually have a very good friend dealing with that right now. And so I'm coaching him on how to you know how to move forward but you know i think the the when you get fired when you get laid off when you have something unsavory that that in the in the public eye that's happened to you it, it really is about embracing it instead of trying to hide it hmm. um because it's going to be found out if not online people know people know people know, and people talk and so if you had an only fans you know here's what i would say something like you know, that is true. I had an OnlyFans for four years. I came from a house where we didn't have the means to pay for college. And as you know, college is almost unaffordable yeah. these days. I did it. I did it for a reason. I don't do it anymore. Mm. And you're either going to be embraced or people are going to say, you know, no, thanks. Move on. Yeah. Um, if you have something like that in your past as I'm advising my friend, you have to Get You have to get back on your feet and the best way to do that is through people who know you in ways other than through your mistake and are willing to um, give you an opportunity to get back on your feet.
0: Thanks Julie. Career expert Julie Bauke known as Julie on the job. Coming up next when Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey call on your small business. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, they provide real-time product availability online and have sourcing specialists who can help you track down hard-to-find items. And their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call one 800 granger click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Glad you could spend time here. The budding romance between pop superstar Taylor Swift and Kansas City chief star tight end Travis Kelsey is propelling this city from a national destination to an international hotspot and boosting small businesses along the way. Examples from Brian West, the Taylor Swift reporter for USA Today. Brian, what are we seeing from Swelsey?
5: I have to say, Gordon, she is boosting the economy there. What we have seen is just small businesses that she is supported by wearing, you know, merchandise that is from their stores or outfits from their stores. We've seen huge boosts in sales. Also, we've seen that with restaurants that Swelsea is going to... Eat at Prime Social, one of the places that they had one of their first public dates, had 4,900% Google search increases after their date. Another oh, place man. they went is Propos, <laughs> and the owner was saying that now if you try to get a reservation, good luck.
0: All right. So, that, that second one, that Propos, is this Argentinian steakhouse. Uh, explain what happened as uh, I guess uh, Travis and Taylor decided they were going to dine there.
5: So Gary Warden, who owns the restaurant, he said that he got a call around 8.30 on October 24th, and usually when he gets those kind of calls, something is broken, or there's flooding, or it's not good news. But the manager said really quiet, like, hey, Taylor and Travis are here. So he was telling them, well, give them a private room, make sure that the staff keeps quiet and don't make a fool of themselves. When word got out about this, though, people started booking up reservations. And it's it's just exciting for the city. I was talking with Jessica Palm. She's with the Area Development Council. She said 13 years ago when she stepped into this role, she was walking into meetings talking about Dorothy and Toto. Now she can't go to a meeting without talking about Taylor and Travis. (laughs)
0: That's great. We're speaking with Brian West. He's the Taylor Swift reporter for USA Today. His piece is called Sharing the KC Love taylor swift and travis kelsey romance boosts kansas city economy all right so you zeroed in uh on this this little this vintage shop called west side story with an ey explain what they went through so west side
5: story has been a small business that has been open for more than a decade they usually sell vintage style sweatshirts uh and, and clothing. They also sell a lot of local merchandise. They were putting together an order for five vintage sweatshirts. They didn't exactly know where it was going to, but any order that's over a thousand dollars, this was 1200 plus dollars. They checked the validity, they checked the address and see where they're sending it. And they had realized at that moment that it was an address associated with Taylor Swift's camp. So they put it together, shot a little video, and um Chris Harrington runs the show the store. His girlfriend Catherine, she has her own small business where she knits like different kind of items she knitted together beanie that night when she thought it was going to taylor and threw it in the box and they sent it off taylor went on tour for the international leg and when she came back they noticed that taylor was wearing one of the sweatshirts they had packed and how they knew it was hers is because it's what they referred to as a holy grail sweater so it's a very rare vintage sweater to find and then the next game when she went to the patriots game she wore a beanie that was custom made. It was the one that Cat threw into that box. So they've been excited to watch all of the football games. They still have three unaccounted sweatshirts that haven't been worn yet. Her dad, Scott Swift, wore uh, the second sweatshirt. So it's been kind of fun (laughs) for them, but they've seen an increase of 10 times the sales in days after Taylor wore the sweatshirt the first time.
0: Oh my goodness. All right, so I mean, we still have to factor in uh, like her concert revenue that's been generated, I guess there too, in addition to her just just being in kansas city right explain some of that
5: that's where this all started so on july 7th and 8th she played in arrowhead stadium it pumped 48 million dollars directly into the city for the errors tour and that's where this love story begins this is where travis kelsey put together a friendship bracelet with his number on it and tried to get it to her team and they said i'm sorry we can't make that happen well, he has a podcast with his brother and very politely and kind of cutely put her on blast. And that's what started this entire relationship, which then started this boost for the city. And it's been really exciting for people that live in the area. He one morning made an appearance at a Trader Joe's to go buy ice cream. So it's been fun for the city. Just they didn't know this walking into the end of 2023 and now 2024 that this might be their home.
0: Mm. So what could this mean, or what, the, what could Kansas City uh, expect for the rest of this year, uh, business-wise?
5: Chris Harrington with the West Side Story put it best. He said Patrick Mahomes helped put Kansas City on the map nationally with the Super Bowl wins, with running that team. Taylor Swift has now put a national city on a global map. So what the city is even seeing is there's a four billion dollar plant being built by Panasonic there. They opened a new single terminal at the airport. Brittany Mahomes, who's the wife to Patrick Mahomes, is building Casey Current and the first women's soccer league team stadium, the first professional sports venue in the world. So what we're seeing is that Kansas is becoming a global city because of this Swellsey relationship and because of Taylor Swift.
0: Thanks, Brian. Brian West, the Taylor Swift reporter for USA Today. Coming up next, housing market optimism. If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines, and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit ooma.com slash gordon deal today to get a special discount. That's O slash gordon deal first full weekend of january thanks for spending time here i'm gordon deal coming up this half hour why there are reasons for housing market optimism in the new year plus why you should book your next cruise now also culling the deer at a popular washington dc park and the discipline that led to a miracle following a japanese plane crash we'll have that story in about 20 minutes Well, the housing market is ready for a rebound in 2024 and experts are growing more and more confident that the clouds are finally parting. A look at the reasons from Leslie Cook, real estate editor at money.com. Leslie, first off, revisit 2023.
3: As you may be aware, we started the year on a pretty positive note. Mortgage rates were coming down. They they were uh, just above 6% and there was a a really optimistic mood in the air. And then we hit the summer and mortgage rates started increasing and increasing until they almost got up to eight percent and there was real fear and uh, and i'm talking about freddie mac rates here there was a real fear that they would go up above eight percent in late october and uh, the effect of that was that a lot of potential home buyers felt uh priced out of the market mortgage monthly mortgage payments increased by several hundred dollars and it was just unaffordable. The market became extremely unaffordable and that just meant that home sales started to drop, uh, the number of people in the market uh, dried up, uh, very very few home sales were occurring. But also home sellers, uh, especially the ones who had locked in a super low rate during the pandemic years, like in the 3-4% range, Uh, unless they absolutely had to sell for some life-changing reason, uh, just weren't listing homes. So we had low inventory, uh, really low inventory. We had very few sellers, even fewer, well, fewer buyers. And all that created this housing market where home prices remained high It was expensive to afford a a mortgage, and the market just kind of slowed to a dwindle. Let's put it that way.
0: Right. We're speaking with Leslie Cook, real estate editor at Money.com. We're talking about three signs the housing market is bouncing back. All right, so the first one here, affordability is improving. How come?
3: Well, the good news is that mortgage rates have tumbled a little bit. Uh, They've gone, they've actually decreased by a little over 1% in the past two months. And we're currently under 7%. We're actually close to 6.5% in the Freddie Mac rate. And what that has meant is that the cost of financing a home has improved. And somebody who takes out a mortgage today is going to save uh, on a $400,000 loan uh, let's put it, because it's very specific to the amount of the of the loan that you take out, uh, could save over $300 per month on oh, their wow. payments. And that's a big deal.
0: Yeah. And that's, uh, I guess, kind of one flows into the other here. The second reason you said uh, new listings are up.
3: Yes, because there were some buyers who did buy when rates were still uh, fairly high in the 6 or 7% range. And so, and even some people who bought when the mortgage rates were in the 5% range, high 5% range, they're not as rate sensitive as somebody who got a mortgage at, say, 2.5% or 3.5%. And so, when mortgage rates start to come down, a section of those homeowners that don't feel as locked in are, are more likely to decide to sell uh, even when they don't absolutely have to. I mean, they might want to upgrade, They might have their, their salary may have improved, their financial situation may have improved, and they may just feel it's the right time okay. uh, to put their home on and upgrade and move somewhere else.
0: Touch on uh, reason three, mortgage applications mm-hmm. rebounding.
3: Well, mortgage applications, they're still kind of sluggish. I'm not going to say that they're back anywhere near back to normal, but they have been ticking up Uh, recently, in the recent months, and it's primarily because mortgage rates have come down. And so as rates have lowered, then more people feel more comfortable that they can afford to invest in a home purchase. So applications are ticking up and the mood in the housing market in general is that we may see these trends continue into the new year.
0: Thanks, Leslie. Leslie Cook, real estate editor at money.com. Coming up next, booking your next cruise now. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen Right now, find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com/welcome to now. That's dell.com/welcome to now. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. It's the most wonderful time of the year for cruise lovers. This is wave season when cruise lines run their best deals. What to know from Nathan Diller, consumer travel reporter at USA Today. Nathan, give us guidance.
6: Sure. So wave season is basically Black Friday shopping for cruisers. Of course, cruise lines have Black Friday deals, too. But this is really the season when you're gonna see the best deals for the year for cruises. And if you're thinking about booking a cruise, it's probably uh, one of the better times to do so. Okay, and why now? Uh, You know, a a travel agent I spoke with attributed it to um, cruise lines wanting to fill up the upcoming year with bookings, particularly coming off the holidays. You know, people have been hanging out with their families and maybe talking about plans for the year, maybe thinking about taking a trip together. And so cruise lines are really trying to take advantage of that moment and um, and just fill up those bookings uh, for, for their available inventory. All right.
0: How long is our opportunity here to take advantage of something perhaps during wave season?
6: Typically, it runs from January through March. Um, This year, we did see cruise lines opening some of their deals as early as like mid-December. Many others are are just now announcing theirs. Um, So uh, but you usually have uh, till about March to to make your choice. Right. But I I think I mean, cruises are up, right? Cost wise is there really such thing as a bargain these days. Yeah, you know, I mean, cruise pricing is pretty dynamic. Um, even though prices might be up overall, uh, you can typically still find a, a decent deal depending on what you're looking for. Um, and you know, this year we've seen all kinds of different deals. We've seen things like um, free second guests in a stateroom, suite upgrades. So you might go from like one category to the next for the same price. Um, things like that. So you can you can get. Uh, Different bargains uh, in different forms. Hmm. We're speaking with Nathan Diller,
0: consumer travel reporter at USA Today. His piece is called What is Wave Season? Why You Should Book Your Next Cruise Now. Um, so give some specific examples here. What's out there? Who's offering what?
6: Yeah, sure. So um, Crystal, which is a luxury line that revamped, uh, it was formerly Crystal Cruises, and they have a new name. and at New Ownership, they are offering one of those suite upgrades that I was talking about. So if you book a double guest room, With a veranda on crystal, uh, you can move to an aquamarine veranda suite for free. Um, And then if you're in an aquamarine veranda suite, you can upgrade to a sapphire veranda suite. So those are the kinds of things you could expect. Um, You can also go totally different direction um, with uh, HX, which was formerly Hurtigruten Expeditions. That's an expedition brand. Um, So if you're feeling adventurous, they're offering um, flight credits and reduced deposits. So that's another thing that you, You often would see uh, during wave season those kinds of discounts. And uh, you can use that money towards a flight to places like, um, you know, cruises to Antarctica, the Galapagos Islands, Svalbard, uh, really far flung flung places that are um, a little more out there. Um, And then if you're looking for something more traditional, uh, Princess is also offering um, 40% off fares on select cruises um, through 2026 so quite a way in advance um and you can also get cabin upgrades there as well
0: you referenced in uh some of your tips that we ought to look for exclusions and things like that in the fine print
6: what would that mean yeah definitely that's always a good idea with any deal or uh promotion that you're seeing. Um, a lot of times there are blackout dates. Um, you'll see the terminology select sailings a lot. So, uh, it may mean that there's a handful of cruises that are eligible for that deal, but, um, that there are others that are not, um, sometimes you'll see certain age restrictions or, um, things like that. Um, just, it's always a good idea to, to look past the, um, Bold <laughs> headline and mm. and look into uh, what is and isn't included in the deal.
0: Thanks, Nathan. Nathan Diller, consumer travel reporter at USA Today. For more than a decade, the U.S. government has been waging a secretive campaign against restive local insurgents, deploying a team of highly trained specialists with license to kill. The location: Rock Creek Park in the U.S. Capitol. The target: white-tailed deer. Here's Andrew Duran, reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Andy, what's up here?
1: Yeah, so Rock Creek Park is a big uh, urban park that runs through the middle of Washington, D.C. And what happens there every year is there is a federal effort to uh, control the deer population, and it's a lethal effort. You have sharpshooters from the federal government who go into the park at night in the middle of the city and kill deer. And yeah, this is something I live near the park. They put up signs every winter saying, be careful in this area after dark. There may be uh, sharpshooters around, and it always kind of interested me, and so I I thought I'd write a story about it. Wow, okay, so uh, why? Why the culling of the deer? Yeah, so the deer population, and this is true in I think a bunch of places in America, but particularly in the D.C. area, there is a huge overabundance of deer, and this is a problem because uh, these deer eat everything, uh, including uh, the young trees in this park that the National Park Service is trying to protect to ensure that the, the forest can regenerate itself in the future. And so, um, you know, the National Park Service and the Department of Agriculture, which are the parts of the government that do this, they want to basically make sure that Rock Creek Park continues to be a healthy uh, urban forests in the future, and the deer uh, are are out of control and uh, threaten that. And so they have to, they feel that this is the best way, that killing the deer is the best way to help uh, protect the park.
0: Well, and some of these sharpshooters who go in at night to cull the deer have military backgrounds, or a lot of them do?
1: I was able to speak with um, a former uh, someone who had done a similar program in Fairfax County, Virginia, which is right near Washington. And he didn't have a military background, but when he did this program, Uh, There, uh, all of the the shooters he worked with were from the the police SWAT force. Wow. And some of them had military backgrounds, and some of them went on to work with Uh, kind of military parts of the government he said that one of the shooters was so successful that he was recruited by the Central Intelligence Agency which is uh, in Fairfax County in Virginia and so (laughs) there were some kind of military connections to this entire thing.
0: We're speaking with Andy Duran, economic policy reporter at the Wall Street Journal he's got a story called the latest secret government mission in Washington D.C. taking out deer. Uh, The Humane Society doesn't love this though.
1: No, so there are um, some kind of animal rights activists who live nearby, uh, this being Washington, D.C., who are very opposed to this entire program when it first started about 10 years ago. They staged protests about it. They filed lawsuits. Um, And, yeah, there is some controversy over this idea of uh, this the lethal method, basically. They think that, uh, you know, there are non-lethal ways to control the deer population, which could involve forms of contraception. Uh, The National Park Service says that these these methods are not yet uh, kind of ready for prime time and wouldn't be effective enough uh but yes it it continues to be something that upsets people who because you know the deer are very visible in the area you see deer and people people have them in their backyards uh people like that some people don't uh you see them around the park and you know people deer are cute there especially there are often young deer, and so uh the idea that there are uh you know they're being killed is upsetting to some people
0: thanks andy that's andrew duran reporter at the wall street journal well we'll finish with this the next time you're aboard a plane watching the safety demonstrations don't brush them off as unnecessary details of a catastrophe that won't save anyone because on a runway in the japanese airport of haneda they saved 379 souls goodnewsnetwork.org detailed the disciplined passengers and crew the miracle on haneda as it's being called saw a plane operated by Japan Airlines set completely ablaze after striking a Japanese Coast Guard aircraft after getting the all-clear for landing. But every passenger and crew member on the passenger jet escaped safely. The plane had to come to a complete stop from landing speed before the evacuation could even take place. Footage taken from social media shows the passengers filming the fire from inside the plane shortly after landing, with the vast majority of those on board remaining remarkably calm. It appeared no one left the plane with a carry-on bag. That's part of in-flight safety announcements and has been for years. The crew was communicating with megaphones since the plane's intercom was broken. That'll do it for this hour. I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Weekend.